You're listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. Well, thanks for joining us again on the Beltway Briefing. It's Howard and Mark coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Very exciting. We're not live, recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota. On the road. This is our uh, Minnesota week. We had uh, Senator Klobuchar in the office in Philadelphia last night. Here we are in Minnesota for a couple of days, and then Penn State comes to town. Right. Big game Saturday of the uh, undefeated Minnesota Gophers. There you go. Almost as big as uh, LSU, Alabama. Big weekend. Yeah. All right, Mark. Yes, sir. We're going to go to fact or fiction. Right. Fact or fiction. The election results today are a ref- today is election day, and the resu- the election results today are a referendum on Trump and his prospects in the 2020 election. Fact to the referendum on Trump way too soon to declare that it has much to do with his prospects in the 2020 election. But yes, he's a total eclipse of the sun. Every conversation in every race everywhere eventually gets to him, if indeed it doesn't start with Trump. In fact, today is a referendum on President Trump. I guess that's true on one level, but I think when you look at 2020, it's all about the state-by-state analysis. And like I keep saying every week, it comes down to a handful of states. That's why I say it isn't a fact that today will tell you a lot about a year from now. First of all, Trump presumably will be the nominee. That is not a certainty, but it's a pretty good bet. And he'll be running against somebody. Today, it's just him against himself. So we aren't going to know a lot about next November, but for sure today is going to tell us how Kentucky and Virginia and a lot of other places feel about the president. So factor fiction number two. Fiction. Fiction. The fiction that Biden is sinking, I believe, is largely a beltway briefing phenomenon. It's the political class. It's the media. I do not mean to sound like the president, but I'm blaming it a little bit on the media. He is still ahead. He hasn't sunk. He isn't sinking. He is still ahead. But, but there's no guarantee he gets from here to the wire. I say fiction because. Again, you have to look at the individual states. And in the most recent, I think it was the most recent Iowa poll, he was not in first place, not in second place, not in third place, but fourth place, Mark. Fourth place. He's run before. He has. He's behind. Twice after the Iowa caucuses. Not this year. But he's, he's behind in. Um, the polls, and I believe he's behind in New Hampshire. I believe he's behind in the most recent polls in California. He's ahead in South Carolina. But he's way ahead in South Carolina. Right. He's competitive in New 
answer, maybe not at the top. But he is behind in Iowa. He is also competitive in Nevada. And then boom. And then it's in the yeah. It's just like we Trump's gonna run against somebody next year. Joe is gonna be there on Super Tuesday. He's not going anywhere between now and then. And you gotta see who else is around. A okay. lot of the folks in this field will not be there then. And even though there's five here and three there, when those candidates go, where are those votes going? Right. That's a huge question, but he, Mark, he's, and look, I, I want a moderate Democrat to emerge from the field. Let's, let's compromise that he is not ascending. He's not ascending, but, he is not that, ascending. but the, the problem is, how does he catch fire? You need to catch fire. And I, I think the problem is he doesn't have that. He is not the hit or wow. Yeah. He, he's running on being the same old, same old, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He is running on the idea that he is what we need. That we don't need a revolution now. We don't need a generational candidate now. We need somebody to just calm everything down. And by the way, beat Trump. See, I, I think what Biden is, is at risk with is the electability. He has based his entire campaign on being the guy most able to beat Trump. And what I think people are concluding is that maybe he is that guy, but but not having excited anybody, not having caught fire, I think the electability premise is a little shaky. And if one of these other candidates can convince the party that she or he can beat Trump, then then the vice president's done. Yeah. Uh, Mark, question number three, fact or fiction, Facebook, and this is a little bit of a curveball, Facebook will start fact-checking or end political advertising. There's been a lot of news yep. Yep. about Twitter ending political ads. Zuckerberg was up on Capitol Hill being grilled on this stuff. A number of folks on the Democratic side of the aisle have really taken him to task. There's a lot going on. It's not something we'd necessarily normally talk about here, but let's talk well, about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, I don't claim expertise, but I do claim familiarity enough to say fact again, fact to the second half. I, I think that Facebook will not be accepting political ads by the November 2020 election. I don't see them going to fact checking. And, and that's why they're going to be driven to not taking the ads. Right. The ads are of no fact checking is a fact checking is a black hole. It's like yeah. Yeah. you can, it, it you can never slice it right. It, they, they are too smart to get suckered into fact checking. I mean, and I think they get driven. In part by by Twitter and in part by Democrats on the Hill and and in part 
by Zuckerberg. It's his company. It's his company. It's so interesting, though, because he's probably, I mean, I think they, they are defending a principle because they're concerned about um, the presidential impact. But he's not a very effective spokesperson for the principle. And they, I mean, he, but he, it's Facebook is Mark Zuckerberg. He is Facebook. So, yeah, and I agree. He's not a great advocate. He is the wrong poster child for free speech. And it isn't. I'm a little cynical. I don't know the man, but uh, it feels like we all do. Not so much defending a principle as he is defending his company. And I think that principle will prove expedient when when the push comes. I agree. You gotta you gotta slice this. You can't slice it the right way. And and I, I agree with you. I think that's not worth money to. That's the single most significant factor. Right. It's worth no money. So Mark, yesterday, um, on the homepage of the New York Times, there was a review of Michigan, Pennsylvania, right. Wisconsin, Florida, Arizona, and North Carolina. Right. And how, I guess, New York Times at Siena did some polling on how Trump stacks up against Biden, Sanders, and Warren. And it was pretty eye-opening, if you are looking at it as a graphic, it was, you know, Biden was even in Michigan, up three to five, two to five points from Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Trump was ahead against all three candidates in North Carolina against Sanders. Sanders was leading Trump by a slim margin in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Trump was ahead elsewhere. And then Elizabeth Warren, Trump, would be winning Michigan, according to the polling, even in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, ahead in Florida, and behind in Arizona, ahead in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I just, I found it interesting. I know it's early. I know it's three people, not one, but it's, it's, it's a, it's some data. Well, it, it is data, and I yeah, it is a very divided country. We are going to see a very close election. Whether you're going to the good or to the bad today in a poll, it's all margin of error stuff. And it is reflective of, of where the electorate is, which yeah. is just simply... Not sure. Not sure about Trump and not sure about uh, our side. I what I what I will say is anybody who thinks that Trump can't get reelected is just silly. That that is very wrong. He has a better chance of getting reelected than he had of getting elected. And Look where same we are incumbent. Yeah. at the same time. Anybody who says Elizabeth Warren can't beat Donald Trump is also wrong, I believe. She can. Is she a favorite to beat him? I don't know. But these... A lot's going to happen in the next year. Right. A lot's going to happen in the right. next year. And, right. and who knows? But 
I saw that former Senator, former Florida Senator Bill Nelson said yesterday or today that she that she cannot beat him in Florida. That's frankly, he knows Florida. Yeah. And he knows he's run a lot of statewide races in Florida and lost one last time. Biden beats Trump in Florida. I think Trump wins Florida. I think Trump wins North Carolina. I think that something will change, but I don't think it's one of those two. Uh, it's the big three. Everybody's talking about this. It's not an original thought, but Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Maybe Arizona, maybe there's an outlier, but looking ahead and knowing that it's early and a lot's going to happen, I think you're going to see an electoral college map that looks a lot like the last time around. And Mark, that's not a bold prediction. Well, but but here is a uh, a statistical fact: if everything's the same as last time, except Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin. If Biden or Warren, if the Democrat wins Pennsylvania and Michigan, but Trump wins Wisconsin, one vote. Wow. He's, he wins in the Electoral College by one vote. That is not going to sit well in this country. That, I, my hope is obvious that a Democrat takes him out, but but it is not going to be good for the country if this comes down to one vote. So is there somebody, the thing that's, the thing I'm thinking about is whether there's somebody outside the big three. And it, I, it's hard for me to even take seriously Bernie Sanders as a viable contender. He's done. So is there somebody outside of Warren or Biden who can jump up and make a run? Beto's gone. Kamala is reorganizing her campaign. She laid off a bunch of staff. Um, yeah, you can't. Buttigieg, yeah. it has risen in some of the polling in Iowa. Can somebody else make a run? Because yes. it's not that it, it, uh, we, should yes. have, we should have another choice. It shouldn't be, it, it is not good for the Democratic Party that it comes down to a 70-year-old Harvard Law professor who's way, way, way to the left, who, by the way, on her uh, Twitter page, lists herself as the mother of the CFPB. She literally, <laughs> she lists her kids well, and the CFPB. Okay. <laughs> she's proud of the role in birthing. She's slightly to the left yeah. of Trotsky, and, and well, she... Uh, she's I'll left. I'll let you finish. She's left. I mean, well, and that and well, a guy who... It's not good that the choices the Democrats face are not choices that unite the party and the country. That's what's not good. Right. I'm not going not gonna to agree that Elizabeth Warren is to the left of Trotsky. Of course she's not. Were she ever elected, by the way, of course she couldn't pass any of these policies and she knows that. But what's not good is that there isn't a candidate who is uniting the party and uniting the country because that's what the country needs. It's not good that Donald Trump's the Republican candidate. So, so yeah, yeah, it's hard to argue that this isn't good. But back to your original question, sure. Sure, somebody can make a run. Well, who is it? Here, well, it, 
it's not somebody who isn't in the race. All the fantasies that Mike Bloomberg or whomever is going to come in, Michelle Obama is going to come save the world. I'd be well, all for that. Jealous. And she could, but she isn't. She isn't going to. She's opted out of that. Yeah. If Buttigieg takes a chunk out of Biden, but doesn't overtake him, you're going to have a path for somebody. Amy Klobuchar, we saw last night, who who could get through Iowa. She's a neighbor. We're here tonight. Iowa's next door. And that, that could launch her. The history of the nomination in the Democratic Party is that that the eventual nominee isn't obvious at this point. So can somebody make a run? Sure. I don't know that I don't know that Pete I don't know that Pete can do it. But he's he's the choice du jour for making a run. Thirty seven year old mate. I mean he's a very qualified guy, but he is an exceptional individual and he is a once in however often candidate once in a generation. I mean, he has a future. He has a very bright future, but uh, he may be a little, may not quite be his time yet. Somebody said to me yesterday something that I I don't agree with, but it made me think. Among all the Democratic candidates, the candidate most likely to be the president at some point in his life or her life is Pete. Because if not now, and probably not now, you can see that happening later. But that would mean that none of the others get elected this cycle. And it's way too soon to say that. Way too soon to say that. Who knows what this Trump guy is going to do between now and then. So, Mark, I'm going to shift. Let's shift a little bit. There was a big write-up in The Economist magazine. Last week, they, they had a whole feature on Elizabeth Warren, and I, I, I don't raise this so much to dwell on Elizabeth Warren, but the gist of it was that capitalism is under is under attack, and or or is changing. It's not. It, the point was not that she's not that she doesn't believe in capitalism, and she has said she believes in capitalism, as opposed to Bernie Sanders who is a socialist, um, but she's a, she's a capitalist, but she wants to fundamentally rework um, the way that capital is, is distributed. Right. How do you see that playing out? Let's talk about that in the context of like, does that, does that, does that become um, kind of a central issue next year? I think it has already been a central issue. I think it is a central issue. It has been a central issue. Nobody knows better than you what a central issue uh, capitalism was in the 2008 election. And again in 2012 with the financial crisis. I, I think that neither side is is satisfied with how capitalism is working. Trump and his supporters don't think capitalism is working right. They think it's 
rigged against them. Right. Elizabeth Warren and her supporters don't think capitalism is working right. They think it's rigged against them. Everybody agrees it's rigged. And yeah, I think we are in an evolution of capitalism here. What we need is a leader. It, look back, I was thinking about this as you were talking about um, the economist story. Elizabeth Warren, neither Donald Trump nor Elizabeth Warren is Franklin Delano Roosevelt. When FDR came to office, of course it was a calamitous environment. It was the depression. But the changes that he made to capitalism to save it were considered heresy by his class, certainly by the Republican Party. But, but he saw that it wasn't working and that we had to fix it. He went a long way towards doing that. He didn't. He didn't get it done, of course. LBJ did a similar thing in, in his uh, first and only term, uh, only elected term, that is. But uh, that's where we are. The problem is that, that she isn't making the case in a way that is, that is uniting right. the party or the country behind her. FDR didn't engage in class warfare. He was his class. Look, I mean, we've got the market at an all-time high. Seems to keep going up. The market at all-time high, but again, as you well know, less than half the countries in the market. So right, it's right, right, right. That's that's my point. Yeah, is you've right got there, one out of every two Americans is not benefiting from well, the market. And wage, it's wages. Wage growth is stagnant across the the developed world. I think the U.S. is is doing better than than the than the rest of the world. Quite quite frankly, I think this is still the best place to invest the dollar Absolutely. in the world by far. Um, but, but there, but it's changing and there's you and I here in, in our travels, people that are part of the capitalist class yeah. talk about capitalism yeah. changing and whether it's Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, whoever it is, or frankly, to your point, Donald Trump, it's, you know, I think we're still in the midst of of, of uh, the political workout stemming from 08, 09. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I mean, the market, it's been a fantastic 10-year bounce back, but but the political workout, I, I think it's gonna take, a, gonna take a, a long time before that comes together and the history, if you take a long view, you know, right now it's very hard to take a long view because Trump is, as I like to say, total eclipse of the sun. You can't see anything. You are thrown into complete darkness because Trump blocks all, all thinking about other things. But thanks to the media, thanks to the media and, and him, and <laughs> he loves it. And the Republicans and the man in the moon. Right. But if you take a longer view, the entire history of this country is the history of experimentation with democracy, with capitalism, 
the capitalism that we are talking about today looks nothing like the capitalism of 1776 or 1876, right. for that matter. So sure, it it's gonna have to get doesn't even look like the capitalism from 1976, Mark. No, I mean, no, it doesn't. No, because technology and globalization right. and China and, and more. Right. Yeah, it, it's all in flux. What, what we are lacking is a leader. This is about leadership. This country is sorely divided, but I believe still fundamentally committed at a core level to the same values and the same aspirations and the same hopes and, and dreams. But the people that we have talking about all of that are, are driving us apart ideas. What I dislike most about your favorite candidate, the Trotskyite Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> isn't her policies. I think some are wrong, some are worth thinking about. It's how divisive she is. It's right. how divisive she is. It's pitting banks against people and capitalism against uh, against. You know, you used to, you used to uh, tease me regularly about the Trump pivot that I used to uh, proclaim was coming. Yeah. And you were right. Yeah. I think it's the Any same day now. I think it's the same thing with her. I don't think she is not going to pivot. I think, she, look, she's more, she may be able to sound a more, um, I don't know, thoughtful quality. She has more, she may be able to sound more thoughtful than Trump. And she's obviously a very smart person. Not that he isn't, but, uh, <laughs> but, but she's, she's a divider, not a uniter. That's what I dislike. And, but I want to say two things about that. Number one, unless I miss something, she isn't yet the nominee. No, but she's the front runner. And too many people are talking, I guess she's the front runner. She's, she's certainly at worst tied for first, but she isn't the nominee yet. And I think actually that were she to become the nominee, she would pivot to, as best she could because she's very smart and she wants to be president and she gets that what got her this far isn't going to get her all the way. I just don't think that he's going to let her get away. Yeah. That's the problem. I think that she is going to be the nominee and that next year is going to be off the charts crazy from a couple of perspectives. You know, normally, as you know, Mark, uh, but not everybody does. In, a, in an election year, Washington kind of shuts down and not a lot happens policy-wise in an election year because everybody's keeping their powder dry, yeah. waiting for, for the November results, and then things kind of thaw and and activity starts again. That isn't going to – if it's Trump against Elizabeth Warren, it is going to be well, – we're going to have a very busy year, Mark, because a very busy year. We're going to have a very busy four years after that, because none of this is going to shut down the government. Uh, he may actually he may literally win. shut down the government. Yeah. But yeah. no, I just I see a lot. I see people that are worried about her potential presidency 
doing everything they can. And by the way, they should be doing everything they can to lock in policies before the end of this administration. And conversely, um, people that are that are hoping that she'll win are going to be, you know, gearing up for a while. It's 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 going to be nuts. I'm not predicting a lot of landmark legislation. Yeah, it's not. Look, but you, you, there's so much that happens. There's going to be activity before. How about starting with? Impeachment trial. That's, uh, that's I said next year. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, I look forward to it. That'll be uh, nutty. Well, um, all right. Thank well, you, Minnesota. thank you, Minnesota. Yeah. Let's go uh, explore Minneapolis, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.